Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. I want to talk about schools, by the way, as well. Uh, do you feel safe sending your kids to school? There are still parents out there who don't want to send their kids back to school after the midterm break. And the latest revelations about the hand sanitizer being recalled in schools uh, has irritated, pardon the pun, parents even further because the Department of Agriculture has recalled an approved hand sanitizer, which was widely used across all the schools in Ireland. The recall of Varapro hand sanitizer was confirmed last night. Hence, some schools are closed today, by the way. The Department of Education said schools using the sanitizer can close. If they choose, the product was revoked on Tuesday, but only announced late last night. Additional funding will be provided to schools to purchase new hand sanitizer and supplies. Now, data compiled by the Health Protection Surveillance Centre shows that a total of 46 outbreaks, or two or more cases, were detected in primary and secondary schools last week. Almost twice the number recorded the week previously. Obviously, because the number of cases goes up, the more people that test positive, the more people will test positive, if you know what I mean, because they pass it on to more people. However, the HSE said uh, testing data from schools is reassuring with a positivity rate of 2.3% of close contacts across all school sectors compared to more than 7% in the wider community. So in other words, what that suggests is that children don't spread it as much as adults. I suppose that's what that's suggesting, that in the wider community it's 7%, but in schools, even though there's more of them closer together, it's still only 2.3%. So... They're basically saying that the virus is not coming from schools, but from the community itself, so the schools are not the problem. In other words, the community is spreading it to the children, and the children are not spreading it to the community, I think is the point they're trying to make. And the Irish National Teachers Organisation General Secretary John Boyle said, The successful reopening of schools on November 2nd will depend on the preventative and protective measures that are put in place by the government in the interim. The union's demands include details of all confirmed COVID-19 cases in schools, a clear explanation of the difference between a close and casual contact in a school setting and an urgent review of the policy of wearing face coverings by pupils and staff at primary level. In other words, they want young children to wear masks. This is what we've come down to now. Little five-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds. Is that what they're talking about? I don't know exactly what they mean by that, but they said an urgent review of the policy of wearing face coverings of pupils and school staff at primary level. They want little kids wearing masks in school. This is what we've come down to now. Now, I understand teachers are surrounded by a lot of kids, just like the girl or the guy who works in Tesco's, who's surrounded by thousands of people every day, but not worked all the way through the pandemic. There are many jobs out there, necessary jobs, where people have worked through the pandemic with thousands of people around them, hundreds of people around them. But unfortunately, when it comes to teaching, it seems the schools and the teachers and the unions want these kind of restrictions brought in for what seems to be a very low rate. And what seems to be a very little risk. I haven't heard yet, now maybe I'm wrong, but I haven't heard yet of a teacher contracting COVID-19 in Ireland and dying. I haven't heard of a child contracting COVID-19 and dying in a school. So I want to know, do you feel safe sending your kids to school? Because in a recent survey in a poll, 27% of parents said they didn't feel safe sending their kids to school. They were afraid. And they wanted young kids in primary school to wear masks. Let me know what you think. The number is 87 Should school remain closed after the midterm? Until at least the end of the lockdown anyway. Until the numbers come down. 
Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. Should the kids have to wear masks in primary school and should the schools have to close down? Now, a lot of you, by the way, would have uh, been planning on having your kids off for the midterm break for the week, but they, some of them, well, a lot of them got off a day early, of course, because of this hand sanitizer issue. Now, I do believe, by the way, it's a reasonably serious issue because what they did was they used the, the wrong form of alcohol on the sanitizer, which in turn has caused a reaction on people's skin, i.e. on their hands or if they were touching their face afterwards, which would be quite obvious if it was the wrong form. I believe it was methanol alcohol instead of ethanol alcohol or something like that. I don't know the exact... Um, problems with it anyway. But the other question has to be asked when the unions now are talking about it, and this is the course the National Teachers Organisation General Secretary John Boyle is uh, asking for an urgent review of policy of children, you know, in primary school having to wear face coverings and also, you know, he wants to know what the government are going to do during the midterm to protect teachers more. The government are claiming, of course, uh, that is not the case there is no need to do that because they're saying they're trying to reassure the teachers and reassure the Department uh, of Education and the unions that the positivity rate among children is actually, well, it's about three to three and a half times lower than it would be in the wider community, which suggests that children are not the spreaders of COVID-19. In fact, the adults would be spreading it to the kids invariably if that was the case. So, I'm asking you, do you feel safe sending your children to school? Do you believe it's a safe environment for your child? And by the way, I heard a statistic during the week that still, even with COVID-19, your child is safer in the hours in school than the hour in your hours, the hours in your own home. But I'm sure Graham will disagree with me. Graham, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Graham? I'm good, thanks, Niall. Of course I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's statistically true, Graham, and it's still statistically true that your can child, take, your child is safer in school. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. First, uh, the, now with the union thing you said about reviewing the mask. Not my union. Uh, but it was reviewing masks. It's not saying that um, small children have to wear masks in school. Well, it's, well it says at, an urgent review of the policy of wearing face coverings by pupils and school staff at primary level. What, what else would that mean? Staff primarily, from my perspective, to be honest, I obviously am a secondary school teacher. All students and staff inside in our school wear masks, everybody. Um, I go out um, and visit um, run special classes, I've mentioned before, and we have applications here. I go out and do school visits. Now, obviously, COVID has... It got in the way of that a bit, but I'm still visiting primary schools. And the vast majority of teachers I see in primary schools are not wearing masks. They're wearing visors, which are next to useless. But here's here's the thing, right? I drove past the school yesterday at closing time, roughly around half past three, right? And so the kids are wearing the masks all day in school, okay? (laughs) Right? Yep. Uh, And I've been told, by the way, by students, as soon as the teacher walks out of the class, they take them off. And they put them back on again as soon as she comes back in again. But anyway, they're all coming out of the school synchronised to manage that properly. I know, but they're all coming out of the school. They've no masks on them coming out. One or two of them might, okay? But most of them have no masks coming on when they get out when they get out that gate. They're all one clustered together. They're all hanging out together. They're, one of them had his arm around the other fella. They're all close together. And, like, and probably for 15 or 20 minutes while they're all walking home and having the crack. It's not going to make any difference anyway, is it? That's a very big difference between being inside in a room with 30 plus people for hours at a time than being out in the fresh air and they're not grouping in groups of 30. They could be groups of five or six. Should they be socially distancing or not? Sure. But I mean, look, like you were talking with um, sorry, Minister RTD. Michael McNamara, yes. Yeah, a minute ago. There's some things that aren't realistic. I mean, I'm not going to be marching outside the school saying, you get to get a further two feet away from that person. Don't touch that. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But, but Graeme, but Graeme you know as well as I do. Things in inside school are not comparable. Okay. But, it's not apples to apples, it's like apples to rhinos. Okay, but you know as well as I do, right? And we're looking at the information now, and I don't know whether you watched Primetime last night, Professor John Lee is a pathologist. Okay, Professor John Lee, a pathologist there from the United Kingdom, 
gave startling facts. And by the way, he agreed when he said at the very start of this, we all thought this was like the bloody plague. He said, we now know it's not. Um, we yeah, don't, uh, and, you know, the risk to a child, first, let's talk about the children, I'll come to the teachers in a second. The risk to a child in school is so infinitesimally small, I don't know why any parent would be concerned about it, right? It so depends on your definition. I would agree with, the, with that. Um, it, well, it's no more of a risk than your child. Actually, more children died last year in this country from the flu. But are you talking about a five-year-old or an 18-year-old? Just make under the, under the age of 19 years of age. Zero yes, to 19 years of age. Last year in this country, yes, more died of the flu than group. died of COVID-19. One person there's died of COVID-19. One. Research says at the moment that there are differences within that group. The cohort of students I'm going to be teaching are teenagers. I'm be very okay. clear. I'm okay, here teaching. Happy to be here. Well, can we agree on one thing? likely as me to catch and spread it. Neither of us are likely to die okay, from but, but, can, but we can spread it to okay. other people who will. Okay, but, uh, right. Uh, and that, I'm gonna, well, I'm coming to that in a second. But can we agree from the point of view of the students themselves, we'll talk about the spreading and the teachers in a second, right? But for the students themselves, the risk to the student is, is no more than the risk would have been last year when they went to school and would have picked up the flu or any other bloody virus. I wouldn't have that's to it, but can I say that the risk would be minimal? Yeah. Okay, well, right, okay. Said, yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's get to the spreading. Yes, we agree a lot of those children may have vulnerable parents, grandparents or people. Exactly. The government have already put steps in place to stop those children meeting their grandparents at the moment, uh, at the behest of a lot of people's opinions, by the way. But they, they have stopped that, so that shouldn't be happening anyway. I know it does, but it, it is, shouldn't yeah. be. Come on now. I know, well, yeah, I know, I know. But it I, is happening. But you're saying grandparents. What about, uh, what about their parents? What about they spread to uh, any of their friends who have the same people? It's not just that one individual person. But are we going down a rabbit hole? Are we going down a rabbit hole, Graham? I'll leave that to Twitter. No. No, no. I'm, no, no what I'm saying is, are we going, you know, do we go down a rabbit hole? I had a mother on yesterday, right? And she said her nine or ten-year-old, whatever it was, Came home yeah. from school four weeks ago. Was sent home with a cough, right? So she had to yeah. get a COVID test. Wait four days. Yeah. They had to isolate in the house. Blah, the blah, same blah, blah. Thing my okay, so went back to school again. Um, she had another cough or a snotty nose or something. Sent home again. Another COVID test. Negative again. She said, "I knew my daughter didn't have it. I knew she didn't have it." So she said, eventually, after two and a half, three weeks, right, of being out of school, went back again. Somebody in our pod. Three weeks of being out of school. Oh, well, I think it was nearly three weeks and all because it was twice she was sent home. Anyway, look, my little fella, between us ringing the GP and us getting the results of the test were uh, 30 something hours okay went back again to school somebody in her pod got it or tested positive she was sent home again what I'm saying to you is if we keep this up and this policy of doing this and this constantly monitoring this virus the way we're monitoring at the moment I don't think kids will end up in school at all I don't think it'll be worth sending them to school their their education is suffering isn't it if we don't if we don't do it they won't because they will end up in school in the scenario you say but it, is it interrupted and uh, diminishing the education absolutely it wouldn't, no, nobody inside the school is going to argue that it's not uh, but if we don't do it they definitely won't end up in school and also like you mentioned about um, close contact there's someone inside in a pod the Department of Education have artificially changed what the definition of the close contact is so the numbers are down and so they can keep the schools open I still think the schools should be open but I don't I don't appreciate their dishonesty about it and okay, is okay so uh, just before we go I go to Ruth here because I need to go to Ruth in relation to what the, the uh, Irish National Teachers Organisation have said, they want to know what other preventative and protective measures we put in place during the interim, in other words, during the, in, uh, the, the midterm break. So what other protective measures do you believe can be put in place to protect teachers, without, me, without me being cynical? I know it's not about protecting, it's about protecting everybody. All staff should be wearing masks inside in schools. The subs that uh, Norma Foley in the Department of Education pretend that are there, they're freaking unicorns, they don't exist. They should be there. 
the definition of a close contact in the community should be the exact same as the definition inside the school. But then, I, well, then I can see a lot of kids missing school. Kids are missing school anyway, and if to, if, if the numbers keep going the way. Over the last four weeks, each, each week the number of supposed clusters inside the school, and that's even with their diminished definition of what a close contact is, has doubled week on week. Do you, do you believe you should be closed, by the way, for the six weeks lockdown? No, I don't. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Okay, but, but stay there for a second because I want to go to Ruth as well because Ruth, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Ruth? Hi, Nyla, how are you? Good. I mean, Ruth, are you afraid? I, I know there's a percentage, and it is a small percentage of parents who are afraid to send their kids to school. Um, but are you afraid? Have you got anxiety about it or anything like that? No, well, I, I don't tend to get anxious in that kind of sense. But, I mean, yes, I, I am afraid, as any parent is for their child whenever they're in vulnerable situations. Um, you know, I mean, and, and every good parent in the country has some degree of fear for their child that they're going to get it. I don't want my kids to get it. I don't want them to give it to somebody else. I don't want to get it. I don't want to spread it on to anybody else either. Well, well let's but, focus on your kids. For So what what are you actually, I mean... You're not worried about them getting it and dying, are you? No, but I don't want to see them sick. No parent likes to see their parents hurt. But every, their kids but every sick child, in any sense. but every child gets sick. We all, I mean, as children, uh, yeah, we, we, no, I know that. Yeah, we all get flus, yeah. colds, coughs. You know, chicken poxes. Yeah. Um, Is that you know, the same thing? No. Did I, did I say it was? I'm just saying children get sick all the well, time. You're making a pretty direct analogy. There. No, I'm just. I know. I'm just saying children get sick all the time. And and from what we're seeing from COVID nineteen. Children under the age of nineteen are not at risk. There's a no, the, think, the risk is so small. Of, there's a lot of stress on kids, though, as well, Niall. I mean, I have I have three at home. I have a seven-year-old and a thirteen and fourteen-year-old. Okay. And ever since March, they have been watching the news. And, and my seven-year-old comes in. What are the numbers today, Mummy? What are the numbers today? And we don't hide it from them. Okay. And there's probably plenty of people out there who disagree and say, "Oh no, you should be telling them all this anyway." Look, we don't hide it from them. But there's a certain amount of anxiety with them that if they got, if they got a positive test for COVID, that's compounding the actual illness that they have as well. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's not something that any parents want for their child anyway. I, I mean, mean and, and, and no parent, like, well, aside from the fact that you turn into a, a, a servant for them when they are sick... No parent likes to see their child sick with anything, whether it be a cold or COVID or everything in between. I mean, uh, Graeme, you there? Yeah. I mean, Uh, uh, just in relation to what Ruth is saying, you're speaking to parents, I'm sure, on a daily basis who are bringing their kids to school or maybe maybe they are dropping them off. I don't uh, know. I'm sure you know their parents. Parents occasionally who are keeping the kids out of school for whatever, for COVID-related reasons. Yeah, I mean, and you talk to them on the phone, I suppose, every now and again. Yeah, I do. Uh, And what's the general consensus from parents? Are they, I mean... It was Ruth mentions that the numbers on RTE every night. Are parents terrified? That, the parents I speak to, no. Um, I'm not saying they're not concerned, but you know, I have, Okay, so there's a different atmosphere now than there, there would have been but back also, in March, isn't there? There's a different atmosphere now than there would have been in March. There is, yes, because we know more about it. But also inside the school I work with, we're in a very, I would say, probably almost unique situation in that our school building is built for twice the amount of students that are in it. So a lot of the social distancing that is literally impossible in other schools, we still can't do all of it, but we can do a lot more otherwise. And to be honest, um, the first person to have a go off, but our management have been absolutely amazing. Um, all the kind of 
steps that literally everything we possibly asked for has possibly been suggested as being done. We okay, well, well, do me a favour. Could you stay there, please? And Ruth, stay with me because I'm just running out of time here and I have to go into a break. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Numbers 087 188 I'll go back to you in a second, Ruth. Cause Hi, Niall. Carl here. Um, no, kids shouldn't have to wear face masks. Kids should be in school. And if kids are in school, why is the rest of the economy not open? Makes no sense. It's a pick and choose mentality with this government. We need to open schools, open our business and uh, look after our elderly. But other than that, we need to carry on as normal. It's uh, it's rubbish at this stage. Well, I don't think it's rubbish. For some people, it certainly isn't rubbish. But anyway, yeah, I understand the opinion, the, the suggestion you're making. Hi, Niall. In relation to the teachers' unions, the one thing that I can't understand, we have every expert scientist, epidemiologist, um, knowledgeable scientific expert in the world, even the flipping WHO has said children are not transmitters. But the teachers' unions are still disagreeing with them. And they still manage to get an audience with Nepish on Tuesday. It's a pity that the private sector workers can't get the same treatment. I know the evidence around children and transmission is extremely sketchy uh, because it's difficult to prove because the problem is that the majority of children who actually get COVID-19, the vast majority, I think it's well up into the 90-something percent, don't actually show any symptoms at all. But sorry, Ruth, just I cut you short there before the break and I do apologise. Ruth, can you understand the anxiety in parents? I can, but I think you're using, you're using words there like concern, anxiety, terrified. They're... There are three very different levels of the one thing, and they're not really comparable because from the moment that you find out you're pregnant, you're you're concerned: is everything going to be okay? Is yeah. my child going to mm-hmm. you know? And all the way up until I, now, I'm not at the stage, but I'm fairly sure my mother is still concerned about all of us. Um, and I know. Well, I know. Was, I my, my kids are yeah. all over eighteen. I worry sick about them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, to be terrified and anxious to a point where you cannot. Um, function is something that's totally different. But, is it, but isn't that what we've done? When you look at the last eight months, and again, I, I do point out at the start, we obviously all thought it was more dangerous than it actually was. But what we have done is instilled, with the figures in RTE every night and all this kind of stuff, we've instilled this fear in people. And there is a fear out there, you know, of people that if they send their child... I know parents who are afraid to send their children to school because they think if they get the virus, they'll die. I had a woman on the air here last week and she said that children were dropping like flies or some comment like that with COVID-19. I said, where have you got that statistic from? It's not even true. So this is, in their own heads, they think loads of children are dying. Yeah, it's a, it's a fear of the uncertainty. That's really what it is. I mean, uh, none of us know from one day to the next. None of us knew, like, last week that we all sort of thought, oh, yeah, we'll probably go into level five. But nobody, none of us knew for certain. None of us knew what that was going to mean. Businesses still don't know what it means for them. Well, I think most businesses now will realise after six weeks and they can't open up again if they've no money, they'll realise what it is. Well, hang on for a second, because I want to go to Pauline and Jane quickly just before the break. Uh, Pauline, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Pauline? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. You've grandchildren? I have. And you're worried about them? Of course I am. Well, I that's because you're granny, and granny will always worry about her grandkids. Yeah, they will. I actually worry about my family and my grandkids because my grandchild got it and picked it up in school, brought it home, and then, lo and behold, she was waiting on the test. She was tested, came back positive. Okay. 
So then my daughter had to phone her partner, get the other child out of school. They're all isolated. They've been tested. They're waiting. The first test came back. Um, they've been sent for a second test. So they're waiting results at the moment. And do any of them have any symptoms? Well, Tegan, the little one that got it, was actually, to be honest with you, she was more or less asymptomatic, thank God. So no symptoms at all, yeah. yeah well, m- m- a- most kids would be like that, yeah. Yeah, and there was another five in her class actually got it as well. And, and what's, I'm sorry for cutting you a little bit short, Pauline, but I need to go to Jane as well. I have very little time. But what's your main fear, Pauline? My main fear is um, some of them have asthma underlying illnesses and the children are being sent to school. And if they're going to have to wear masks now, these little ones going to school, it would be absolutely ridiculous. I, I would c- couldn't agree with you more. Asking a child under the age of 12 to wear a mask all day is the most ridiculous thing I have heard when we look at the actual risk factor involved. Pauline, I couldn't agree with you more. Let me go to Jane as well. Jane, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Jane? Hey, how are you? Uh, Jane, I've literally one minute, but I know your uh, your child has special needs. Yeah. I have two children, one who's in secondary and one who's in uh, special needs school. Yeah. Now, all our staff wear masks all the time and gloves. Yeah. Uh, it's a post, it'd be primary and secondary in our school. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and one child in our school actually did get COVID, um, but none of the other staff and none of the kids in the school, in the class got it either. And there's no social distancing in our school. None. <laughs> right, okay. Well, it's very yeah. hard to get kids to social distance for God's yeah. sake. I mean, they don't understand what it means. Yeah, well, ours, most of ours don't even understand. Wouldn't hygiene, germs, none of that would even come into, you know, they just, I mean, some very vulnerable kids, you know, that way they just, mm. it wouldn't yeah. hurt them. But I definitely don't want kids to school to close. But even, even, if, we, even if we talk about vulnerable children, right, and, and I want yeah. to make this only clear, because I know there's a lot of parents worried sick, right, with kids with asthma, kids with other illnesses or underlying conditions around the country. Let's let's really look, and I'm going to reiterate this once again, right? That in eight European countries in America, there's 137 million children, and children means up to the age of 19 years of age. Out of that 137 million, 61 have died. Now let's think about that figure for a second. 61 out of 137 million in that same period of time, 140, I think it was, or 140 something, have died of influenza. So there are other viruses out there which are more dangerous to our children. Thankfully, COVID-19 doesn't seem to affect children or those up to the age of 19 really at all. Very little. It's very little risk. So I want to make that, and that's including children with special needs or children with comorbidities or children with other underlying conditions. So, you know, it doesn't seem to have that huge effect on children, thankfully. And it's just, we need that reassurance, I think. Oh, yeah, no, but I wouldn't, wouldn't, like, even the whole, uh, even if you got COVID, like, no more than you don't want anyone to get a vomiting book or the flu, whatever, like, you know, like, it would be the test and all that kind of stuff. And then the having to stay at home for 14 days, that would be more stressful. I think that's, it's more the, it's more the inconvenience (laughs) of the whole thing. Absolutely. (laughs) Listen, Jane, I've run out of time. It's been lovely speaking to you. Thank you very much indeed.